Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We we are the Fumble Rusky Podcast, powered by Power 88 Dean Radio. I am your wonderful host for this evening, Justin Tucker, along with my good friend, and I use those in brackets, Sean Howell, our resident Dolphins fan. Sean, you, how are you doing tonight? Say you use it in brackets? You mean quotes? Yeah. Brackets? Uh, I'm not I'm doing I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing fine for right now, but I don't think I'll be doing good after this episode. Oh man. I don't know why, but something tells me we might be talking about something that might be a little touchy subject. Touchy you subject. Get, you you want to get right into it? I'll let you kick it off. Let, let, let's hear it. Let's hear everything you got to say about it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the Dolphins, unfortunately, pulled off the comeback. They were down 35-21 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Then all of a sudden, they become that player that all of a sudden takes the game seriously and score 21 points in the fourth quarter and win the game 42-38. to Tua Tungavile looked sensational. Jalen Waddle waddled his way into the end zone numerous times, along with the Cheetah obliterating the Ravens secondary. They were down more than it wasn't 21, it was like 14. Like it was it was like 20, it was like 21 points, I think, that they were yeah, down. I said 21 points. I said 21. Well, I thought you said it was they had 21. I was like, I don't think so. No, no they scored 21 points. They scored more than that. No, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. They scored 28 points. 28. Yeah. They scored 21 just to tie it. And then they had to put yeah, that yeah. last one on top to, you know, win it. No, 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 no. Why not? No, but I feel like they scored 20. I'm not getting back and forth on this. The fact of the matter is, congratulations to the Dolphins to a play phenomenal along with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Lamar Jackson was sensational, putting the boots to the Dolphins' ass. But unfortunately, we couldn't pull through in the end. We couldn't pull through in the end because of a blatant pass interference call. But I'm not going to hold it against us. We didn't deserve to win because of the way we played. We didn't deserve to win. Congratulations to the Dolphins. Sean, take it away. I mean, I'm going to be honest. When I was watching this one, it started off. And I was I was excited. I was like, let's see, let this is the real test. What do the Dolphins have this year? Then we got to halftime, and I looked at the scoreboard and I went, oh no. And I went, we're back to our usual classic dolphin self. When a big team comes around, we just crap our pants and don't want to play football. And then I'm sitting there in the third quarter and the score's still slowly just creeping. And I'm just getting I I I'm sure you were the same way, but I reached a point where I was like, this game's over. Like this. It, like when I saw the fourth quarter started, we were down twenty-one points. It, it, it's over. It, it was what I no, try and do math. 30, 35 to fourteen, going into the fourth, and then all of a sudden touchdown comes. All right, it's cool to celebrate. Then another one comes. All right, well now it's a one-score game. Then we get the ball back. Then you were like, "Wow, we might might have a game on our hands." Then they scored. Baltimore gets the ball back, kick, kicks a little field goal, takes the lead. And then you give the ball to Tua with two minutes left, a little less, takes it right down the field, scores that game-winning touchdown. And it was just, I, I was more shocked by what happened Sunday 
than I was when the Atlanta Falcons blew that Super Bowl to the Patriots. I I I still can't comprehend it now. Like that, it's just it's just that mind boggling to me. But you know, you know, you're muted. I know what happened. The Raven had to start a bunch of rookies while Marlon Humphrey was dealing with injury problems, and that's what happened. They got burned way too many times in that secondary. I'm not happy with the miscommunications in the secondary, especially with those two Tyree Kill touchdowns. If I see Tyree Kill running at me as fast as he can, I'm asking for safety help no matter the circumstances. This is just unbelievable that we can allow Tyree Kill to burn us twice like it's a cookout. And, oh, my God, Jalen Waddle scored that touchdown. I was like, damn, why can't we just win these games? And and you were probably thinking, oh, the game is over. In the fourth quarter when you thought the Dolphins have no shot. If you're a Ravens fan, no. We don't get those luxuries because, unfortunately, every game is too damn close, just like this one. We never want to win comfortably. Even when we do win comfortably, we're never satisfied because we're always thinking, oh, this is we could lose this game still because of the amount of trauma we've had to go through. This isn't the end of the this isn't the end of the world for us. I believe we'll bounce back from it because I believe our offense is starting to click a little bit. Hopefully we can get J.K. Dobbins back. And Ronnie Stanley back in the tackle spot, even though we held up good against Miami on Sunday. My defense, I need a pass rusher. I think we only sacked two at once. That's unacceptable. See, uh, I, 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 I for Miami, there's there's a lot of bad to take away from this, you know, right? Like, you know, it, it's good that they came back, but when you go play a team like Buffalo, who who that we're gonna see next week. You know, you can't just show up in the fourth quarter and decide to play then. You know, to it like like everyone's you know praising us for that last quarter, and I, I am too. Like, we got the win, we pulled it out, we did what we had to do. But everyone knows deep down, we can't play every game like we played the first three quarters. We got to play the, all four quarters like we played the last quarter if we really want to have a chance against these like top teams. So you know. If it's 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 a victory and it, it feels good, you know it, it still goes in the win column, but at the same time, you still have to look at the first three quarters of the game. You know, a football game isn't just the last quarter; it, it's all four quarters. And we look at the first three quarters. Miami was in a rough spot. I mean, to give up thirty-five points—that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So whether whether Baltimore just fell apart or whatever happened, you know. You still gotta look as much as we want to praise that fourth quarter comeback. We still gotta look at why were we, you know, in this hole to begin with. Why were we down twenty-one points going into the fourth quarter? Why was the offense not moving the ball then? So I, I think Tua showed us in the fourth quarter, and the offense in general showed us it showed us in the fourth quarter what they're capable of. But we can't just show up that you know that late into a game. We, we gotta be there all four quarters, offense, defense, special teams. So I, I think yes, again, it, it's great to say, "Wow, look at this comeback!" But why, you know, at the same time, hi, you know, hindsight, why are we in this hole to begin with? So it's not all good. It's not all bad either, because when you look at the game, the game actually started off seven-seven. So it's not like they were like staggering. It was just offensively. Once they scored, once Jalen Waddle scored that first touchdown, Tua had just. I believe, two, like, terrible picks, and one of them was just a miraculous bounce back to the safety, who was the best player on defense yesterday. 
congratulations to Marcus Williams. He, our free agent signing was key yesterday. I mean, on Sunday, but unfortunately it wasn't enough to get the job done. He did his part. The nine to 10 others, not so much. And as unfortunate as it is, you don't give up 28 points in the fourth quarter. It, it just can't happen. It's, it's disgusting. It's un Baltimore like it's a, it's, it's disgusting. Hopefully we can backtrack this and go see what we did wrong, learn from it, get ready for the Patriots, put our foot in their ass and go on to the next game. Cause right now I need to blow somebody up because that Dolphins game was unbelievable. But hey, my hat's off to Tua, my hat's off to their head coach. They kept fighting, they kept clawing. They believed they could win this and they did. And as soon as the game was over, guess who texts me? <laughs> this guy right here, the next day I get a, is, is it Tua time text? Not even from Sean, a Patriots fan said that to me. Is it Tua time? Just wait until Sunday, bro. I got something for you. But congratulations to the Dolphins. They deserve to be 2-0. They earned that win. And best of luck on their endeavors. Listen, in, in, to, his, in to his defense, you know, a lot of people were always skeptical. There was a lot of hate. I mean, to his not – I don't want to say not the most liked quarterback, but a lot of people don't think, you know, he has what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. You know, his throws don't come out fast. He doesn't have a good arm. He's this. He's that. He – you know, he's had injuries, and you know, the whole list goes on and on. But when we look at this, you know, in it's like you see what he can do when you give him the weapons. Is he mm -hmm. really that bad? I mean, six touchdowns. I think it was four hundred and sixty plus yards. Like, can is he like? I think Tua kind of made a point on Sunday in the fourth quarter. Like, hey, like I'm here to play. Like something clicked in that offense. And it allowed Tua to show to every fan base who's ever made fun of him. And it's been all over social media, everyone making jokes like the whole, oh, let's apologize to Tua. Like, yeah. it really is like, it's just, it showed something. It showed that Tua is not, he's not what everyone's, oh, he's this accurate, this, 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 that. He's actually a good quarterback. Is yeah. he the best? No. But it showed a lot about his development in the NFL. So, again, I think there was a lot of good for us. However, we got to go to Buffalo next week. Oh, yeah. That's and I don't that. think that's an easy we, – we can't play one quarter against Buffalo. we got to play all four. Yeah, that's a tough team right there. They, they look like destroyers, not just one team got it, another team got it, and it feels like it's just going to be a snowball effect if you're not careful with them. Because both sides are good. Their offense and their defense is good. But to talk about Tua a little bit more, when I think of Tua after that game, I didn't think of, like, oh, the disrespect, the apologies need to be as as loud as the disrespect was. I thought about that photo of him sitting down in Dolphin Stadium just by himself while it's raining and all that. That just shows to me the journey that this guy has been on from sitting on the bench his freshman year to – throwing for over 400 yards in an NFL game and coming back to win that game. It takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of mental fortitude to go through what he's been going through. And I respect him for that. <sighs> Is there anything else you would like to touch on before we move on? I mean, I think, I think we hit everything on the head that Miami's got to, you know, we got a good game. We get ahead of them next week and 
we got to play all four quarters. Unfortunately, you guys won't win that game next week, but one can hope. One can hope. You said that. You said that about this Sunday too. How that? And I was right for three quarters. I was right for three quarters, and then got to be right for all four, buddy. Welcome to football. Can't play for forty-five minutes. You got to play for sixty. Unfortunately, yes. I wish Marlon Humphrey played all sixty minutes, but he only played for forty-five. That's all. Don't blame it on one player. You you were saying you, know, you said one player can't win the game. That means yeah, one player can't cause you to lose the game either. That's just not how that works. You know what? It's your day. I'm gonna let you celebrate. If, if it was your quarterback, maybe like like if you came up and were like, yeah, Lamar Jackson came out. Like, all right, that's different. But like, one guy doesn't win a game. One guy doesn't lose a game. Like you said, there's eleven of you out there. I'm not going to disagree. I'm going to let you have your day. You deserve it. Your team won. You have bragging rights. I just hope we play y'all next year and we beat y'all next year. Uh, we beat you last year. We beat you this year. How many times have we got to beat you for, like, you to catch on? I, re- I remember in 2019, you wasn't having the same energy. I remember that. 2019, wow. You got to go back three or what? Yeah, three years? You have to go back to last year and think about it. So I'm pretty sure we own you for the last two years. Oh, stop. Own is just saying. Same. Yeah, whatever. W. That's all that matters. Two of them. <sighs> this is Justin Tucker along with Sean Howell. This has been the Fumble Risky Podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Ruski Podcast, powered by Power 88 Dean Radio. I am your wonderful host, Justin Tucker, along with my good friend, Sean Howe. Right now, we're going to talk, swing it over to the NFC West and talk about them San Francisco 49ers. First things first, congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers. They won against the Seattle Seahawks 27-7. But unfortunately, they have a little bit of injury problems, and it's not going to be solved this year, see, Trey Lance, unfortunately, suffered a season injury, ankle injury that's going to require surgery at the end. I'm not that's going to require surgery that's going to end the season. So unfortunately, that's the end of the year for Trey Lance. Jimmy G is now going to have to take over. He was able to fill in just fine and get the job done, which congrats to Jimmy G. But unfortunate for Trey Lance. I hope he has a speedy recovery. But Sean, how do you feel about this situation as a whole? I mean, here's the thing. Losing Trey Lance, it's, it, it's a big loss, especially in week one with 49ers fans. And we we're, we're banking on him, hoping they were the spark they needed. Jimmy G's a great quarterback, but Trey Lance was, you know, that, that next step, that next step they needed to make it to the playoffs, that next step they needed to get to the Super Bowl. You know, now you've lost that before you even really gotten, this, you know, you've gotten the wheels going. It was week, you know, week two, lose your starting quarterback, that's tough. However, 
they're really still not in that bad of a situation. Jimmy G played under Tom Brady for lots of years. Then he made the move when he decided he wanted to be the starting quarterback, and he showed that he's got the talent to do it. So the thing is, is like, it, it, yes, it hurts. It's like it's a it's a loss that they have to take. However, there are teams in a lot worse of a situation if their starting quarterback was to go down. And even then, I'd argue that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than some active quarterbacks, like active starting quarterbacks. So it's not like they got this backup who's at the bottom of the barrel, absolutely terrible. Like He's still better than some active starting quarterbacks for some team. Yeah, I agree. It could be a lot worse than what it actually is. Trey Lance, as unfortunate as it is, they do have a quarterback that's been under their system. He knows how the system works. Hell, he took them to two NFC Championship games and even brought them to a throw away from winning the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo is like that. And unfortunately, not people like his ability to just win from the pocket. They want a little bit more athleticism coming from their quarterback spot. And and Jimmy G just isn't that guy, and that's why they took a chance on Trey Lance, because if he could throw the ball as well as Jimmy, but run better than Jimmy ever could, then yeah, that rushing attack they have in San Francisco becomes all the more deadly once you throw in that with Debo and I wanted I wanted to say Elijah Mitchell, but he's injured. But with that running core and that left tackle they have, the silverback Trent Williams, yeah, that whole system over there is amazing. As I'm, I feel bad for Trey Lance. It's unfortunate. But if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, you can at least feel competent in the starter that is Jimmy G. Is he Trey Lance? He might be better than Trey Lance at this moment in time. I just want to wait and see what Jimmy G has to offer this season. I think last year he was a good quarterback for them. I don't believe he was as bad as people would like to think, considering he almost beat the Rams again. And so I just want – I don't think their season's over. I don't think this kills their season, no. No, abs- absolutely not. Yeah, it doesn't kill their season. I still think they can win the NFC West with the way the Rams are looking. They almost lost to Atlanta. And the Cardinals almost lost to the Raiders. And, yeah, this is a very open NFC West. And if the 49ers can keep their quarterback healthy, they can very much win this division. I mean, the thing they- is we know Jimmy G can do it too. He's done it. Yes. He can do it. And the, so, again, you're not you're not in the situation of where you have to sit here and go, oh, no, you know, like my, in Miami, I have to go, oh, no, Teddy Bridgewater's my backup. That, that's not good. But then but having Jimmy Garoppolo as your starting quarterback, like that's still a name you say and you go, he could be a starter. Like there's nothing – he's got experience. I mean, he just – you know, it's not like he's that – classic backup who hasn't played at all has no experience and now they're trying to throw him into the system and get him in like you're bringing a guy in who's got experience you're bringing a guy in who's played in those situations who's been there again a guy who's probably better than at least 10 guys that are active right now in the league like you're fine yes yeah, it's Trey Lance, but we also didn't we don't know what Trey Lance was going to bring to the table for all we know Trey Lance could be could have been a bust. We didn't get far enough to really see his true potential. I mean, it was week two. So, for all we know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to take them to the Super Bowl. He can. Nothing says he can't. He's got the skill to do it. So, if I'm a fan of the 49ers, I'm not, you know, I'm not worried. You know? Yeah. I agree. I'm not worried, but at the same time, in the present, I'm not worried. In the future, long term, yeah, I might be a little bit worried about this injury. 
and one thing I am I thought about right before we got started, and it's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Jimmy G's contract is worth the 49ers now got saved if he didn't restructure that deal. Oh mm-hmm. my god, geez, he would have had money you know, out the wazoo if he didn't restructure that deal because they would have to turn back to him eventually, and nobody was willing to trade for Jimmy G because of that contract. So the 49ers gracefully dodged a bullet with J- Jimmy Garoppolo's contract situation. And so now that they have Jimmy G still on the roster and can hopefully lead this team to at least the playoffs, let alone actually making it all the way back to the Super Bowl, watch out. The 49ers are still a dangerous team. Un- un- unfortunately, I can no longer call Trey Lance, Lap Dance Lance. It's now porn star Jimmy right now. I, I I think I think Jimmy's got it. I mean I I'm not a I'm not a 49ers fan, but I if 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 Jimmy G was my quarterback, I, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, he's a competent player who has good passing skills and okay like minimum running school skills. But other than that, he's a good competent quarterback. I think they're gonna be fine. To be to yeah. completely honest. All right. Coming up next, we have contenders or pretenders. One team's on there, which is the Miami Dolphins that are 2-0. You want to figure out which one I think they are? Stay tuned. We are, you're listening to the Fomorowski Podcast. Welcome back to the Fomorowski Podcast. I am your host, Justin Tucker, along with my good friend, Sean Howe. Coming up, we're talking about contenders or pretenders. 2-0 teams. Let's get started. We got the Eagles. We got the Dolphins. We got the Giants. We got the Bills. And we got the Chiefs. We got five teams that somehow managed to make it 2-0 by hook or by crook, still managed to be undefeated, and still managed to, to be 2-0 in leading their divisions into heading into week three. Now, some of these teams look more convincing than others, but we'll find out. Sean, who do you think are contenders or pretenders in your eyes? So, so they, you know, they're five solid teams, but I'm going to be honest, the Giants, they're <laughs> pretenders in my eyes. I mean, I, I just don't see it. You know, they had two good games. I'll give them that under um, – I can't think of his name, the new head coach there. So, you know, they, they have potential – but I don't – I just – I don't know. I don't know if I really see them going all the way. The Eagles – the Eagles I could see. Uh, Hertz, had, Hertz has had a couple good weeks. Um, and I, I really think they could they could make a step somewhere. Um, the Bills, obviously, I mean, one of the best teams in football right now. Josh Allen is absolutely one of the best quarterbacks right now. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind they're contenders. Uh, the Chiefs, again, Patrick Mahomes, absolutely contenders. Mm-hmm. They got weapons over there, even after the loss of Tyreek Hill. And then 
the Dolphins, I mean, I I don't know. Uh, tough, okay. tough one. Uh, but I have to say contenders. They got weapons now. You know, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. Two is shown. He knows what he's doing. So, you know, Buffalo might get that, that you know, division win. But a solid wild card spot and a run for the playoffs and the run for the ring. Miami's definitely a contender. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Without a doubt. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's start with my contenders. I believe the Bills and the Chiefs are the obvious ones of the bunch that are contenders. I believe the Eagles showed us against Minnesota that they're no pushover. I believe they could run away with this division if the Cowboys aren't careful. I believe the Dolphins, as much as I despise them, and I'm so close to making them pretenders. I'm this close. But since they conv- they beat the Ravens to come back and beat us, I have to conclude that they are contenders. So that leaves me w- with the Eagles and the Giants. Both NFC East teams, both of them look strong, but at the same time, I'm looking at the competition. Detroit, really, for the Eagles? And then when I look at Look at the Giants. They face Carolina and they face the Titans. Both teams are 0-2. Now, I don't know what that says, but based upon what I've seen by the Titans, they don't look like a good football team right now. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's because they don't have a competent passing game right now. Maybe it's because they have Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. But the Titans don't look very good, and they managed to beat them. So I don't know what that says about their strength of schedule in comparison to the Bills with the L.A. Rams and the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs with the Chargers and I believe the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But based off previous previous seasons, I have no doubt that those are contenders. So I'm a little I'm, I'm a little questionable about those two teams. I que- I'm vehemently questioning the Giants because oh my God, I don't mm-hmm. trust them at all. But overall, I don't. I don't there's a couple there's a, two actual contenders maybe a couple of contenders maybe contenders and one very much a pretender at this moment in time they would have to be against a good playoff team here's the thing you know you talk about the eagles and how they play the lions but i, I think the lions are a pretty solid team this year i mean like i i don't like i i, th- I think like the game they played against the commanders like i i thought that was a pretty good game like i i think the lions are somewhat legit this year so so I, I think the Eagles like might have a legit argument to be contenders. The Giants, though, no, big, big. They're in their own pile over there as pretend. Like I, I don't trust the Giants. I, I don't think the Giants have it. They just, it's the. It's like if you told me the Jets were two and zero. Like I just, <laughs> they're no. one and zero. It may be all good and glory now. But will it realistically be good and glory 15 more weeks from now? Probably probably not. No. Who's Danny Jones is still their quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Danny Dimes. And whatchamacallit, Kenny Galladay is still on that roster. He hasn't done anything beneficial for them. Saquon Barkley is starting to look like Saquon Barkley of old, which is good. But unfortunately, it's just him in that stat. And I don't think you can win with just Saquon Barkley all the time. I think they've been able to escape with the 
the competition they're going against, but I don't think that's going to win them many games when they start to have harder competition, which is amazing. Brian, Brian Dable's done a great job coming in there, but like, yeah, that impresses me. I didn't think they were they're better. He's made them a better team than they were. But like you said, when, when the better competition comes around, what is that record actually going to come out to? Yeah. But hey, so, I tip my cap off to them. They're two and zero, just like the Eagles, top of their division. Will it last long when they have to face each other? Probably not. I think the Eagles are going to beat them handedly, but you never know. Any any other? Do you want to go any further with any other team, or do you want to move on to the other side of the coin? I, I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't really have much to add. I mean, like. You, you look at these teams and you, you have to just say, I mean, there's obvious ones. There's teams that we know are good, that were up and coming, that have already been to Super Bowls. Then you look at it at teams that you knew were predicted to be solid teams like Miami and then the Eagles. Some you know, some people thought they might have a good year. And then you have the teams that you, you sit there and you ask yourself, how are they here now and where are they going to be? Is, is this realistically what they're going to look like 15 weeks from now? Mm-hmm. And I, I think we've covered all, all three aspects of that. Fair enough. Coming up to the flip side, 0-2 teams. Is it now time to worry? Coming up on the Fumble Risky Podcast. And we are back. Welcome to the Fun Wars Podcast. I am your wonderful host, Justin Tucker, along with the Dolphins superfan, Sean Howe. From 2-0 teams to 0-2 teams. Sean, can you hear me up now, though? I, I'm going to be honest. I, I can't hear you right now. Damn. Hello? Well, I guess it's me while we're here. I guess we're experiencing uh, slight technical difficulties at the moment. Hello. I I can't hear you. No. I don't know. I, 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 I think it might be your end because you're hearing me just fine. Here, I'll, ch- I'll try it really. Hello? There there it goes. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Hopefully Adam can edit the rest of this. But now since then, you can hear me. Welcome to the Fumble Risky Podcast. I am your host, Justin Tucker, along with my good friend, Sean Howe. From 2-0 teams to 0-2 teams. Let's talk about it. 
we have the Titans, we have the Bengals, <laughs> we have the Raiders, we have the Panthers. But I want to add one more team in there. I want to add the Colts. Because to be honest, you're tied with the Texans. You deserve to be 0-2. So out of all of these teams, which one have needs to be worried? I mean, I, I think they all need to be worried. I mean, if you're starting off 0-2, that's you know, that's not putting your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like you said, Tennessee to tie to the Texans. Like there, there's a lot you have to go back when you when you walk in the office Monday morning, you have to go, what are we doing wrong? What do we need to fix? Because 0-2 will click quickly turn into 0-3 and 0-4. And, and before you know it, you're out of the playoff run before you've, you've even reached week nine. So, you know, there there comes a point where you got to ask yourself, you know, what, what are we doing wrong? What mistakes are we making? Why, why are we losing? I think for the Bengals, it's the same issues they had last year. However, somehow worse. I mean, their offensive line looks terrible. When you look at some of these other teams, I think Tennessee is just – relying too much on Derrick Henry and teams are starting to pick up on that. And that's just not going to work anymore. Like it did the first time in the first time he popped up, nobody knew who he was. I mean, people knew Derrick Henry, but they didn't know he was going to do what he did. And teams learned to adapt to that. And Tennessee really never had an answer. Uh, as for the Raiders, a little shocking. They're on this list. Not going to lie. Seeing how they, how they were last year. Um, I think they might be able to dig themselves out of the hole. Maybe they just had a rough couple weeks. Uh, the Panthers, I, I yeah, I think that's where they belong. I mean, like, is it time to worry? Yes. However, do the Panthers realistically have a chance? I don't think so. I, I think this just isn't the year for them. I don't see them really going anywhere. So am I shocked to see them on this list? No, not really. Yeah. As far as I look at the list, there's no teams like I'm really worried about. The reason I'm not worried about the Colts and the Titans is because it's the AFC South, and it's basically going to come down to those two teams. I don't care how good Jacksonville looks right now, unless it's like halfway through the season and they still continue to look like this. I still don't trust them. The Raiders and the Raiders and the Bengals are the ones I'm worried about specifically. The Panthers, we didn't think they were going to do anything anyhow, so I'm, I don't think we need to be worried about them. But the Raiders and the Bengals are the ones you need to be concerned about. They just came off a Super Bowl run, the Cincinnati Bengals just did, and they tried to revamp their offense by getting Lyle Collins, I want to say Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and a few others. And we're all thinking, okay, Joe Burrow actually might have time to you know, throw the ball. Unfortunately, it looks worse than it did last year, and I don't quite understand why. Lionel Collins just went up against his old teammates and got bullied by Micah Parsons for most of the game. I don't know why. I don't know how he's just getting abused by this. I mean, on one play, three people were blocking one guy. One guy, and Joe Burrow got smoked. This is just unacceptable on them. And as far as the Raiders, they need to be concerned because the Chargers and the Chiefs are no pushovers. The the Broncos, the jury's still out on them. I think they can be something, but I'm not seeing it right now. But at this time, I'm looking at the Raiders and I'm like, you should have beat the you should have beat the Cardinals because it was 23 to 7. And then you let them come back and beat you in overtime because of a forced fumble that they then returned for a touchdown. 
That's unacceptable. And if I'm the Raiders, it's time for me to figure out what we're doing wrong to cost to cost us these games. What are we doing wrong so we can fix it and hopefully make a push for the playoffs? Because I'm not gonna lie, if I'm looking at the looking at the AFC, the AFC North and the AFC East are no pushovers. They might have two or three teams themselves make it into the playoffs. I mean, the only the only defense I have to to Cincinnati is you know, there's one game they should have won. They should have beat Pittsburgh. They should have beat Dallas. But the, but the thing is, is the Pittsburgh game they only lost because of a situation they were put in. They put I mean, themselves in that situation. I, I, as a long snapper himself, I look at it this way: mm-hmm. their their offense came out and did what they had to do. The defense came out and did what they had to do. Their special teams. Their field goal unit is where they lacked. You know, it take it takes a snapper, a holder, and a kicker to put a ba- uh, put a foot fo- baseball, put a football through the uprights. Yeah. They were missing one piece of that, and it 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 hurt them not once, not twice, but three times that game. They had a chance of winning it, and yeah. missing that one key player was all it took, and they couldn't get it through the uprights. So I mean, that that's the game where that's just an unfortunate situation. So. You know, is it concerned that the O line is still looks awful? Yes. Yeah. Is it concerned that you're 0 and 2? Yes. A- any team right now, if you if you start out with one loss, okay, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But if you're walking in after week two with two losses, you're two games in the hole right now. Mm-hmm. So I think all of these organizations right now need to have some kind of sense of urgency. Like, hey, we got to get this ball rolling because we're now you're already behind, and it only you only fall farther behind. 0-2 to 0-3. I mean, look at the – it happened to the Dolphins a couple of years ago. They started 0-4, and then they went on this massive win streak. But at the end, it didn't matter. They still came up short of the playoffs. You know, these, these first few losses matter. And decide where you end up. And you can go on and win the next eight weeks or the last eight weeks. But if you lost your, your first five, six games, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So – Definitely a sense of urgency in all these organizations right now on what they need to do to find themselves on the other side at the end when the clock hits zero. And I'm I'm just leave it off with this. If I'm the Colts, I should be embarrassed with myself. Oh, I, I agree 100%. Because the way I look at it, they blame last season, the majority of last season, on the incompetency of Carson Wentz. <laughs> I disagree with that statement. I think Carson Wentz played well under the circumstances because he never had a true number one receiver. They still don't because Michael Pittman is injury prone. I don't understand why they just throw him under the bus like that. He threw 27 touchdown passes, only seven interceptions. Did he have a fumble problem? Yes, he did. But it wasn't the reason why they were so bad. He's not a bad quarterback. He's not. But everybody expects him to be this – MVP like quarterback like he was in 2017 when he's not what he once was. The thing is, just like he went to a Super Bowl, like he has to be semi talented. But everyone, everyone always says like Carson Wentz, oh he's not good. He's you know he's he's this he's that. And it's like Carson yeah. Wentz is a pretty like a quarterback being good has everything to do with the weapons around him, the O line in front of him, the running back behind him, like. So people say, oh, Carson Wentz isn't that good anymore. Well, Carson Wentz also doesn't exactly have 
the best offense around him. He doesn't have weapons. He doesn't have you know a unit behind him. He doesn't really have a good unit <laughs> up front in front of him. Like it's one of those things where it's like you can only put so much on the quarterback. You know, it's not like defense where all eleven players are equally sharing, you know, the responsibility of what they're doing. There comes a point where it's like, yeah, the quarterback is the majority of it. But if wide receivers can't get open, he can't throw the ball, or he has to try and put it in tighter windows. You know, yeah. if the O line can't make a hole, he can't run the ball. And now you're trying to throw on second, third, and long. Mm-hmm. There are situations that aren't his fault that are out of his control. But put him in, put him in situations that make him look bad. Yeah, I and when I look back on it, that Jacksonville game was like the beginning of the end of the Carson Wentz time, and I'm like. It wasn't all his fault, and they blamed it all on him. The owner came out and basically just shoveled on on him when he left. And it's like, all right, now that he's with the commanders, not going to lie, that O-line isn't good either, but they're still one and one They're in a better position than the Colts are at this moment in time, which is unfortunate when you look at the talent that they have on the defense and at the running back spot and on that O-line at, at positions. Like, they're not a bad team. They should not be 0-1-1. They should not be tying with the Houston Texans. They should not be in the same position as the Houston Texans. In all honesty, they probably should be 2-0 because they had the Texans and they had the Jaguars. And if you're – and you can't even score a point against the Jacksonville Jaguars, what the hell are you doing on offense? I'm looking at Matt Ryan as well. You were brought in to replace – Carson Wentz, who everybody thought he was a disaster last year, and you're not playing much damn better either. So if I'm the Colts, I might be a little bit worried about the situation. I don't care if it's the AFC South. Let's start winning some damn games. Well, like, here's what I say, right? If if, if I get rid of a quarterback because I said he was the issue, and I bring in a totally different one, and I'm back in the same place where I started, you know, you know, like, I look at it like there's variables, right? You, you can change out this, you can change out that. It's like, uh, you know, it's like if something's broken. All right, well, let me try this. Well, that didn't work. Like, you can't replace the same part and expect it to fix, like, it to work if there's other parts that are still broken. So you've replaced your quarterback with another quarterback who, who's arguably better, mm-hmm. and you're finding yourself in a similar situation. It's almost like what I was saying about, like, your quarterback's not your entire offense. So maybe there's something – there's another issue, you know. Maybe it's your coaching stuff. Maybe the playbook doesn't work for the talent you have. Like maybe, maybe, you know, because you can have all the talent in the world, but if you try to run a certain style of offense that doesn't work with the talent you have, it doesn't work. There's fact. There's other variables that, that it could be. I mean, to get rid of one quarterback, bring in another, and be stuck in the same place, I think your issues are elsewhere. Yeah. I think there's plenty of issues that need to be addressed. Now, granted, I will cut them some slack that, Shaquille, Bear, uh, Shaquille Leonard hasn't been playing, but at the same time, I need them to step up. I believe they should have won these games despite Darius Sha- Shaquille Leonard not being there. But that's just me. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up, Sean? No, that's all, that's all I got. All righty. <sighs> That'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. New episodes out every Tuesday and Friday around 7.30. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all of our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. 
Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRisky underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.